0: Hello and welcome to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day and happy eve of Thanksgiving here in the United States of America. Uh, There is a Wolves-Heat game tonight. Uh, just a, a brief programming note: We probably won't do a post game podcast immediately after the the uh, the show with Thanksgiving on Thursday, but we'll have a show on Friday that can that will kind of serve as a bridge between the Wednesday night show or the Wednesday night game, excuse me, and then the Friday night game. Um, so no show on Thanksgiving, but there will be a show Friday. So we'll just miss the one show this week for the holiday. Um, first of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms that includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at on T-Wolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about the Timberwolves' defense. Uh, the Wolves have a top 10 unit in the league, but there's a couple of categories in which the Timberwolves rank 30th, dead last in the league, key defensive categories, but yet they're number eight in defensive efficiency overall. Why is that and what does that tell us about how the Timberwolves are playing defense and what style of defense, generally speaking, and this is admittedly broad, but what what style of defense is preferable in, in the NBA right now and, and, and why does this mean that overall the Wolves have had a really good defense? Then I want to look at Wolves Heat specifically. That's the game that's Wednesday night. On Thanksgiving Eve at Target Center and uh, how these two teams match up. Miami is one of the better teams in the league overall. Um, So I want to make sure to touch on that matchup as well. So let's go ahead and get into this related to defense first. So let's start with a couple of the bad the bad statistics and get that out of the way, then talk about what's good and what this means overall. I've talked a lot on the show about the Timberwolves defensive rebounding issues. I mean, you could pull any show probably in the last two and a half years, and I've lamented the defensive rebounding issues. At times, it's been individuals that have been called out. Nas Reed, for instance, would go entire games without getting a defensive rebound. Even when he was starting in place of Carl Anthony Towns at times due to injury the last two years, he would pull down no rebounds in 25, 30 minutes, whatever. Um... He's the first one that came to mind. Nas is not the only one. Carl T. Towns' defensive rebounding rate has been down the last couple of years over where it was earlier in his career. Um, the Timberwolves have not gotten consistent rebounding efforts from their guards and wings. It used to be Andrew Wiggins. Then it was Anthony Edwards last year at times would, would end up with no rebounds in a game. It's happened a couple of times this year. So that's been an ongoing issue. It's still an issue, despite the fact this is a top 10 team. Um, and currently, the Timberwolves rank 30th dead last in the league and they have basically the entire season they are below 70 percent in defensive rebound rate what does that mean that means that um, they are only grabbing 69.9 percent to be exact of available defensive rebounds that means that more than a third or excuse me nearly a third of the time that there is a defensive rebound that an opponent misses a shot the opponent themselves is rebounding the ball and getting another opportunity Defensive rebounding is a huge part of defense. There's so, and I, I, I apologize if you've heard me say this several times before, but not really because I think it bears repeating. The only way that you can end a defensive possession is by allowing a basket, generating a turnover or a, a forcing a turnover, or securing a defensive rebound. And if you allow 30... 30- 30.1 percent of rebounds to be rebounded by the offense, you're going to give up a lot of second chance points. And sure enough, the Timberwolves are in the bottom three in the league. And in, in, I think they're 28th in second chance points allowed so far this season. So they're dead last in defensive rebounding. It's a massive issue. You look at some of the guys on the team that are that are you know the best rebounders, obviously Jared Vanderbilt, his rebound rate is up over 17 percent right now, which is fantastic. And it's by far first on the team. Towns is all the way back at 13.7 percent of defensive rebounds grabbed, Nas is only at ten point six percent. Those are the only three regular rotation members above ten percent. Josh Okogie, who's been out now for the better part of, uh, I guess, a little over a week, he's under. He's at nine point nine percent. Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Patrick Beverly are all at nine percent. Anthony Edwards should be grabbing more than nine percent of available defensive boards. Um, so if we're calling out individual players, that I mean, that's an issue. And, and part of it is the Wolves trying to leak back and, and get baskets in transition. That's bit them big time in past seasons. So far this year, it hasn't really hurt them yet, but that's something to keep an eye on. The other thing that they're dead last in is opponent free throw attempts per field goal attempt. So it's exactly what it sounds like. Basically for every shot, the opponent attempts from the field, how many free throws do they then attempt? The rate is 0.217, which means that basically a little more than one out of every five field goals attempted by the opponent, the Wolves are committing a foul that allows them to shoot free throws. And if you assume that opponents are shooting, um, and actually the Wolves have been, oh yeah, opponents have actually shot free throws at a 79% clip against the Wolves this year, which is 25th in the league, or or I should say uh, sixth best for opponents. So if you assume that then 80% of the time you're giving up a point for all of those free throws, that's a lot of extra points that you're giving up defending without fouling is a major thing. It's super important that Timberwolves are not doing it. They're also, if you want to look at it this way, they're 30th, they're dead last in personal fouls per game. Now that's not rate-based. So, you know, the pace of the game matters. The number of, of possessions matters, but either way you slice it, personal fouls per game, free throw attempts per field goal attempts, the Wolves are dead last. So dead last in defensive rebound rate, dead last in personal fouls and free throw attempts by opponents per field goal attempt. Um, Imagine if the Timberwolves cleaned up those two areas. Imagine if they secured, I don't know, 5% more defensive rebounds. Imagine if they were middle of the pack or even 20th in defensive rebound rate or 20th in free throw attempts per game by opponents, uh, you know, per per field goal attempt. That would be amazing. Um, Think about how much better this team would be. And remember, I'm not, the Timberwolves defense is good. They're currently number eight in the league in defensive rating, according to basketball references, uh, measurement of defensive rating at 105.5. Their uh, opponent's points per game is 11th. They only allow 105 points per game. They have six out of the last seven opponents have scored under 100 points in the game against the Timberwolves. I mean, the defense has been really good. So how do we conflate these things? How do we say, look at all these second chance points, look at all these defensive rebounds, look at all these free throw attempts by opponents and opponents are making their free throws against the Wolves. But why why has the Wolves defense been so good? Why has it been such a successful defense run for the defense especially over the last couple of weeks. Let's break that down next. And then what does that tell us about defense as a whole for the Timberwolves as well as in the league at large? And what can that tell us looking ahead to tonight's game against the Miami Heat? We're going to do that next first, so let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show and that of course is Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and help them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Let's also talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, Thursday. I love Thanksgiving, all of the good food and treats, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't that isn't so full of calories and sugar? It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high in protein and covered in 100% real chocolate, built is a great option for when you're hungry. Get a built bar or two now. And, uh, you know, enjoy them throughout the Thanksgiving weekend. Share some at your family gatherings. And it makes things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Bilt.com regularly. So check the site often. And plus, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. That's this Friday, just two days from now. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Okay. So the Timberwolves are number eight in defensive efficiency. Talked about that. Why though? What has gone so right for this Timberwolves team and what do we have to credit? Well, there's obviously several things. I mean, one is opponent three-point shooting percentage. The opponents are actually shooting the worst three-point shooting percentage of any team in the league against the Wolves, or I should say the Wolves have the best opponent three-point shooting percentage. Opponents are only shooting 29.7% on three-point attempts against the Wolves. I mentioned this about a week ago. I I still think there's a little bit of noise there, a little bit of luck for the Timberwolves, because at some point, um, certainly the Timberwolves have dodged bullets, giving up open threes. I also, I I think it's both, right? I think the Wolves have done a good job defending the three-point line. I think that they're scrambling. Their closeouts are far better this year than they have been in recent memory. Um, They're doing a great job of xing out on the perimeter so that, they're making sure they're contesting corner threes and then the low man is stepping up to contest the the slot three and they're just, they're doing a good job of getting hands and faces of defenders. I don't think it's realistic to assume that opponents are going to shoot under 30% against the Timberwolves from three all season long. I think at some point that's going to come up a little bit. So I think that's, that's an area for some regression or I guess in this case, progression to the mean for opponents. So keep an eye on that. Uh, but that's one of the reasons the defense has been so good. Um, that's probably the, one of the biggest reasons, actually. But I think the biggest thing that the Timberwolves can control that they've done so well at is uh, it's, it's really kind of a threefold thing, and they're, they're all related to one another, and that's opponent turnover rate. And there's multiple components to that, obviously, but deflection, steals, and blocks. I guess blocks is a little bit separate. But basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's activity on the defensive end of the floor. And the easiest way to measure that is, generally speaking, steals, blocks, deflections uh, is, is a great way to measure defensive uh, activity for the Timberwolves, or, or for any team for that matter. The Timberwolves' opponent turnover rate, number two in the league. They turn opponents over at a 15.6% clip. That means that over 15% of opponent possessions end in a turnover, which is fantastic. That's one way to combat that 70% defensive rebound rate, right? Um, and they're 28th in turnovers, uh, or excuse me, they're, they're first in turnovers per game. They're, they're forcing 18.1 turnovers per game on their opponents. So what goes into that? Steals. They're fourth in steals per game. And again, this is not rate based, so uh, so that's going to you know be impacted by by uh, by the speed of the game, by the number of possessions in the game, et cetera, by pace. But they. They force 9.5 steals per game. Uh, one of our writers over at Dunkin' with Wolves, Aiden Berg, had a great piece that I actually posted early on Wednesday. Um, so you can go check it out. It just, it, it's the most recent article as of this recording that posted on Dunkin' with Wolves. But it's all, the whole article is about active hands. Um, and so he talks about where the Wolves rank in defle- deflections. Um, D'Angelo Russell is a, so I mentioned this on, I think on, on a Tuesday show that the difference between between terrible and and decent and decent and great is sometimes the same thing, right? So if a if a player with let's be honest a terrible defensive reputation like D'Angelo Russell, all of a sudden is third on the team, which he is in two point with two point three deflections per game. Malik Beasley's been better in terms of deflections per game. That matters. Those are essentially two extra deflections per game that weren't happening otherwise. And I've talked about this on the show now since they traded for D'Angelo Russell. He's not a great defensive player. He's not super fast laterally. But he's long, he's big, he's an intelligent player. We know this because of his offensive IQ, the passing, the timing, all the stuff he can do with the ball in his hands. If he simply plays passing lanes, uses his length, tries hard to get through screens, et cetera, Russell can be an adequate defender. He's never going to be an all defensive player, but they don't need him to be. They have Patrick Beverly, they have Joshua Kogi, they have Jaden McDaniels, they have Jared Vanderbilt. You don't need D'Angelo Russell to be all NBA defense. You need him to get 2.3 deflections per game. Um, Carl Towns leads this team in steals, 1.4 steals per game. He's second in centers um league wide in terms of steals per game. So Deflections are huge. Deflections are are massive. They lead to steals. Um, Anthony Edwards has been much more active uh, over the last four, the four-game winning streak. The Timberwolves have averaged 19.5 deflections per game and 24 points off turnovers in those wins. Um, and, and again, I'm citing the uh, the article from Aiden Berg over at Dunky with Wolves and he pulled these from NBA.com. Um, I mean, they're, they're currently second in deflections per game according to NBA.com, 17.8. This is for the season now. Uh, so over 19, over the last, Four games, seventeen point eight deflections for the season per game, seven point six loose ball recovered. Loose balls recovered every single night. That's first in the league. So steals, deflections lead to steals, turnover percentage overall, and then also we have to mention blocks. Um, Blocks I think can sometimes be an overrated statistic, right? Um, But the Timberwolves are third in blocks per game, six point two blocks per game, and that plays into it as well. So what does this tell us about the overall defensive strategy? Well, number one, uh, this is this is. Should go without saying, but here we are. We talk about defending without fouling. That's important, but aggression is better than non-aggression. If the Timberwolves are being aggressive in passing lanes, aggressive with their closeout defense, aggressive with uh, with um, with the point of attack defense, fighting through screens, playing at the level instead of sagging back and drop coverage, which all the all things that they've been doing for the most part this season. If the low man is stepping up and being aggressive, occasionally. You commit fouls, occasionally get into foul trouble. Jaden McDaniels has been in a ton of foul trouble this year, and that is an issue because the Wolves need him on the floor. But you'd rather give up, you know, three, four, five extra free throws per game than three, four, or five dunks per game, layups per game, wide open three-pointers per game. You'd rather err on the side of aggression because for every one of those that they call, there's probably two plays that fouls could be called on that they aren't being called. Now we could talk about the other end of the floor all day. The Timberwolves. I think especially Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards should be getting to the line more often, but for whatever reason, the contact hasn't been whistled the same in the paint for the Wolves, it seems like. But on the other end of the floor, if you if there's three aggressive plays in the paint and two of them aren't called for fouls and one are, you'd rather have that than allow you know, two or three dunks or two or three layups or two or three wide open three-pointers. And the Timberwolves are finding that um, so far this season. Aggression is so much better than non-aggression in every area of defense. The defensive rebounding is the one area that that kills me a little bit because it turns out you can't score in transition on a fast break if you don't secure the defensive rebound. So the leaking out, I think they've got to find that balance. Um, Towns has to be a little better on the glass, but I think part of it is opposing defenses, opposing teams know that Towns is the only real plus rebound threat um, besides Jared Vanderbilt. And so they send multiple bodies to Towns and, um, and, you know, it it leaves Vanderbilt with a lot of rebounds to Hoover up, but Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards are probably the two biggest culprits. They just have to rebound better. Um, And part of that is they're on the perimeter, um, you know, defending the point of attack and then trying to get out in transition. But at least one of those guys has to stay back. They have to rebound at least four instead of, you know, three and and have two guys leaking out. I think that's been an issue. Um, But grand scheme of things, again, number eight in defensive rating. If they can clean up the defensive rebounding, defend a little bit better without fouling. We're talking about a top five defensive unit here very quickly, if they could do that. Now, they're going to have their hands full with a team on Wednesday night in the Miami Heat, who is a top six offense currently, according to offensive rating, and also, by the way, a top five defense. I wanna talk about that matchup and what to look out for in Wolves Heat next. We'll close the show with that first. So let's talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting BetOnline has you covered all holiday season more props odds and lines than ever before BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this thanksgiving head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus and it's not just football bet has pro and college hoops NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, let's talk about Wolves Heat. Um, so, the Miami Heat. Are really good. I think they're better than their record uh, indicates. Um, they are currently on the season. What are they? Fourteen and six, I believe. And my screen just froze, but I believe they're fourteen and six. If I can get this thing to reload. Um, and but with that on their on the road, the Heat are only six and five. Uh, they've been much better at home than they have been on the road. And because of that, they're actually only according to BetOnline.ag, the Heat are only a one-point favorite. Uh, in this game. They're actually 12 and six, sorry. So the Heat are 12 and six. They're six and five on the road. Um, so far better at home than on the road. The Heat are only one point favorites. The Heat, the Timberwolves are plus one in this game at home against the Miami Heat, who are 12 and six. Uh, the Heat are number six in offensive rating, number four in defensive rating, according to basketball reference, number three in overall uh, net rating. Um, so they've been fantastic on both ends of the floor. They're relatively healthy. Of course, Markeef Morris has been out since the uh, the Nikola Jokic foul from a couple of weeks ago or 10 days ago or whatever. Um, but otherwise, they're relatively healthy. They've gotten basically a full season from Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Of course, Kyle Lowry and uh, to a lesser extent, P.J. Tucker, the big acquisitions uh, for the Heat this year, although P.J. Tucker has been, uh, I mean, to a lesser extent, only in that I'm comparing him to Kyle Lowry, but he's been fantastic for them Um and uh, this seems all about Jimmy Butler. You could make an argument that Jimmy Butler has been the best player in the league so far this season. And I don't think it's a crazy argument to make. Um, he's arguably been the league's MVP. He's been phenomenal. I mean, Kyle Lowry has been great because he's Kyle Lowry, but he's still only averaging 12 points a game. You know, he's only shooting 30% from three. Those numbers are going to come up. Um, and yes, he's getting older and he's struggling a little defensively, but um, I mean, he's going to score a little bit more as the year goes on. It's all been Jimmy Butler this year. Uh, Bam Adebayo's been really good, but you look at the way this offense operates. Adebayo more than uh, more than twenty, I think it's twenty-one, some percent of his possessions are used as the role man and pick and roll. But his points per possession actually aren't that great as a as a role man. Bam Adebayo's are they're just a little over one point per possession. He does a lot of damage on the offensive glass, and the Heat actually their better role men are actually uh, Dwayne Dedman and PJ Tucker do a better job on in in uh, pick and roll game um, then, uh, then, in terms of efficiency, than does Bam Adebayo, but Adebayo does a little bit of everything. And that includes, uh, rebounding the ball, um, on the offensive glass and getting putbacks. He's averaging a double, double 19.1 points, 10 and a half rebounds per game. And a huge chunk of that's coming on offensive rebounds. That's an issue for a 10 team that again, uh, beating a dead horse here, but is last in the league at defensive rebounding rate that the heat are number four in offensive rebound rate. Uh, Bam Adebayo grabs almost 10% of offensive available offensive boards himself. And then you throw in, you know, a P.J. Tucker, who's a sneaky, good rebounder. Um, Obviously, Marky Morris is out, but a Dwayne Dedman, Um, some of these other guys that can grab uh, Jimmy Butler is not a bad offensive rebounder himself. Um, He's a sneaky, good rebounder as well. So. Rebounded is going to be, to me, the number one key in this game. I mean, Jimmy's going to get his. He's going to score. He's been phenomenal defensively. The Timberwolves will, you know, Josh Akogi is still listed as questionable for this game. Uh, He hasn't played in now well over a week. Um, So I think we could see a lot of Jaden McDaniels on Jimmy, Jared Vanderbilt on Bam Adebayo, uh, probably. And then Tyler Hero comes off the bench for them. He dropped 30 against the Pistons uh, in a win the other day. Um, so look for Tyler Hero to come off the bench and have a big game for them. He's he's uh, second in scoring and third in minutes on this team, but he comes off the bench. Um, so this is going to be a really intriguing game. I actually think these teams are really well matched with one another. Um, the Timberwolves are going to be challenged to, I mean, they haven't really been trying to hide anybody because dilo's actually been decent defensively and the point of attack defense has been so good. But to have Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell try and slow down this backcourt with Kyle Lowry and, you know, in crunch time, it's going to be Tyler Hero in the backcourt. But to have Jimmy out there in the wing. It's just such a such a dynamic team with so many different angles to it. And they're so good defensively. They're still a top 10 defensive player or defensive team, I should say. Uh, P.J. Tucker, um, you know, phenomenal defender. Jimmy Butler, obviously phenomenal defender. Bam Adebayo, great defender. Uh, they have so many facets to this team. Um, I think that they're easily one of the top two or three teams in the league right now, honestly. Um, they've been a little bit disappointing from a record perspective, but they've basically been in every game and they've been healthy. Now, of course, as a little bit of an older team, minus Tyler Hero, <coughs> excuse me, all their top players are above 30. I mean, well, I guess, and bam out of bio. But Jimmy, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, these guys are all vital to what they do, and they're north of 30 years old. So over the long haul, over the course of the season, it could be a challenge for them. But um Wolves Heat on Wednesday night should be a ton of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And target center. On the eve of Thanksgiving, should be rocking with hopefully people off work Thursday. Should be a a good crowd to see Jimmy, to welcome Jimmy back. I think he's only played once. I I guess I could be wrong, but I think he's only played at Target Center once since he was traded. I know he missed the heat game. uh, I think each of the last two years, there was a personal reasons thing. I think he had a kid once or something, and uh, he missed it once at the Sixers due to injury. I believe he's only been back one time, uh, but Jimmy back at Target Center on Wednesday night it will be interesting to see how that goes, and hopefully it's a great crowd. Again, we won't have the post game pod immediately following on Wednesday night, but we will kind of recap this game a little bit on Friday and look ahead to uh, to the weekend full of games for the Wolves, um, and that'll be uh, that'll be how we handle the rest of this week here. And then of course, back to the regular daily schedule Monday through Friday next week. Uh, That's all we have for you today on the show. Thank you though for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms that includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so I have for today. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.